Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me are my two co-hosts tonight, Raker and Jacob. What up? All right. Uh, Raker, so you, uh, we were talking a little bit before recording and you said that, uh, you actually got to see this in theaters. So, uh, why don't you relay, um, before we get into anything, just relay, uh, your experience given that, you know, with COVID and everything, going to the theater is not an experience most of us have been able to have in the last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to a theater, which is a little bit smaller than IMAX. Uh, it's the closest thing that, you know, locally for me to attend. That's like an IMAX theater. And it's just it. this movie, and for all of you that have seen it, and I know us three have seen it, um, it's just catered to that big screen experience. I mean, I've watched it, of course, on HBO Max twice on a fairly large TV with good surround. But uh, seeing it in the theater was definitely, you know, it definitely brought back that, you know, why we go to the theater in the first place you know, just to see it on that immense screen. So it was just, it was just a great experience all around. Now, I don't know if it's just because we all miss it. You know, I probably could have seen this on a regular theater in my local town here where it's not that great of a theater and I probably would have still enjoyed the experience, but um, where I did see it and just back, back at it, you know, at the movie theater was just, it was great. It was good to, hopefully this is the beginning of, uh, you know, you know, things to come. You know, okay. I mean, I saw it in in my home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I just got a really good sound bar. I, I got the speakers and I, I got some speaker stands the other day. Uh, so I was able to put the speakers up on the stands uh, and really kind of experience more of, of that uh, Dolby Atmos um, mm. effects. Mm. And it was fantastic. Um, it wasn't downstairs. You know, I'm, I'm actually in the process of building this, you know, uh, studio uh, downstairs for just just watching movies, just a real great theater experience. Um, so we're not there yet, right? So I'm just sitting there in the living room. But even there, I mean, it was an unbelievable experience to to have those effects and you know to watch the movie and everything. Um, and I, you know, and I enjoyed you know the experience of of all that. So uh, Jacob, what about you? Um, I'm guessing you sat and watched it on uh, your TV as well. Uh, no, actually, I was able to go ah. to the theater to watch it. Uh, nice. The theater that we went to did a really good job of ensuring that there was like one or two seats between uh, every group. So that way people could still go and not feel worried um, when saw it in Dolby. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, I agree with the Raker. It definitely... This was meant to be seen in theaters, uh, just especially with the way it was shot, like cinematically felt very much big screen focused. Yeah, it's nice. Isn't it? Yeah, awesome. it was fun to actually go back to the theater. I honestly, it could have been probably any movie and it would have been nice to just be able to go to a theater and watch it just because it's. I miss theaters. The theater experience is so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to get back to that myself. But um, all right, so let, let's get into uh, this movie here. Uh, so we'll do a quick rundown. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong uh, release date was March 31st, uh, of course, of this year. Um, written by Terry Rossio, Michael Doherty, and Zach Shields. Directed by Adam Wingard with a runtime of an hour and 53 minutes. Um, budget of $200 million. And uh, it has a box office currently, let's see, it is uh, $48.5 million in the U.S. Uh, total gross worldwide is $285.8 million, which is really impressive, all things considered, honestly. Um, I think yeah. around the world, everyone is feeling the same thing. They all want to get out to the movies, and uh, this is a great one, you know, to get yeah. out to. Obviously, uh, so you know, yes, it, it's got a huge budget, um, but it's already, you know, if it hasn't made its money back yet, it's very close to doing so. Yeah, I was gonna say, I didn't didn't HBO pay like or Warner Brothers or whatever you you know HBO Max, whatever whoever owns it all. Um, didn't they pay like two hundred fifty million just for it up front? I think something like that. Yeah. And I think the budget was what? What'd you say? Two hundred million. There you go. Yeah. So everything I'm pretty much outside of advertising and such. Um, everything. You yeah, know. Pretty much. I don't want to say. Yeah, I mean, probably everything's profit at this point. You know. Yep. Yeah. Um. So the the uh, cast of this movie, uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, uh, Brian Tyree Hill, uh, Henry, and uh, Julian Dennis, Julian Dennison, Lance Reddick, and Kyle Chandler. Uh, 
as well as, uh, you know, other people in here too, but those basically your biggest stars and, oh, uh, uh, Damien uh, Bashir as well. But, uh, so the, the plot for this movie, <laughs> let's see, plot for this movie, uh, <laughs> Godzilla and Kong fight. Uh, I don't know. Anything else? Uh, I, I, I do realize, yes. Um, you know, there's the Apex Corporation, there's Shallow, uh, or I'm sorry, not Shallow, Hollow Earth, and that whole uh, uh, concept that gets played out in the movies, uh, or this movie, and it's, you know, it's interesting, and and I don't know, I feel like, you know, we're going to talk about this movie, and we'll kind of really get into talking about the plot and everything, um, but it's, <laughs> look, it's a monster movie. Right. To some extent, there is a plot and there are villains. But for the most part, we all know that the biggest reason that anybody's going to see this movie is because Godzilla fights Kong. So. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're going for like the brilliant acting of like the human characters. Like you're going to it to watch yeah. King Kong punch the crap out of Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, although I although I do want to get into talking about kind of all aspects of of this movie, uh, from obviously yeah. the amazing CGI down to the storyline, um, whether it involves Kong or it doesn't, uh, specifically. Um, so let's start out with um, well, let's start out with the movie early on, right? So I don't remember. I only watched this once, okay? But, Enrique, you, you might be able to, t- to tell me this. Is there any point in time early in the movie where we got, like, some text on the screen that said, okay, you know, two years from the end of, you know, King of the Monsters? Or are we just kind of supposed to pick up on the fact that just some time has passed? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't right. remember. Okay. I've seen it now. yeah. yeah. Two and a half slash they three times. later on, it's been five years. Really? Five? No. Yes. Really? Wow, because Millie Bobby Brown does not look like she aged five years from King of the Monsters to now. Granted, she that, looks older. That's, uh, yeah. that's what, uh, what has been like posted and everything. And like I remember uh-huh. seeing, like they mentioned, it was supposed to be five years after. I mean, I know she, I know she filmed King of the Monsters not that long after uh i think the second season i think the second season mm-hmm. of stranger things now granted mm-hmm. that was a few years ago right but mm-hmm. but even so i don't think that the turnaround between that and this in terms of filming was more than a couple of years maybe so i, I don't know it seems a little far far fetched that yeah 5 years no way um yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, uh okay. So so we do get some sense that the 5 years has passed. Um Okay. Uh So we have I don't remember. There there wasn't if I don't remember this correctly, let me know. Was there an Apex Corporation in the King of the Monsters? I don't recall um, if there was or not. I mean obviously, you know. I don't think I don't, I don't think, so. think I, you know, I've read a couple things where they said there was one, but they didn't really make mention of it. Okay. Yeah. Or, or it was like kind of an offshoot on, you know, I mean, when, uh, 
what's the name? guy? I can't remember the guy's name from the King of the Monsters, the guy from Game of Thrones there. They said he might be, you know, oh, working Charles, for Apex. Charles Dance. Too. Okay. Yeah, Charles Dance. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but when, when I'm sure we'll speak of weaknesses later <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that here we are kind of searching through the murkiness of plot and story that we have to like second guess and try to recollect any of this is is kind of a testament to the poor writing <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah uh, sadly well wow, you have a... i'm sure if i watched it in slow motion and read the script maybe i could answer some more of these things yeah. but even after the second and almost full third viewing i i can't find those answers for you michael i'm sorry ah okay well no that's fine um all right so basically um the the gist of the the setup for this movie is uh that uh that kong so everybody on the island died except for the except for this little girl that kong saved and kong is being housed under this this transparent dome that that makes it look like you know the sky and and the rain's falling and all this stuff but in reality it's it's fake it's kind of reminiscent of uh the hunger games um the second hunger games movie where they're inside and it's kind of a similar thing where there's like a giant dome and and if you were you know it kind of made me feel like that jim carrey movie um oh the truman show yeah, the Truman Show. Yeah. That's what it really made me feel like with what they were trying to do with him. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, the, the, they're trying to really make him seem like this is a little wild. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Kong uh, isn't falling for it. He he ends up ripping up trees. He throws it at the sky, which of course then it sticks. In, you know, smashes right through this. Uh, this ceiling that is, you know, kind of holographic and, uh, and he's not happy clearly, uh, which the human characters relate, uh, Rebecca Hall's character, uh, in this, uh, I can't think of her name right now, but, uh, she, she yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go again, right? Yeah. Not, 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 not a good sign. And this, by the way, this is not a, this is not a reflection on, on the actors here. I want to say right. that up front. Uh, the actors in this in this movie are top notch. This is not their fault. Um, Rebecca Hall has been a solid actor for yeah. what fifteen years now, at least. Um, Skarsgård, I've seen him in plenty of good projects, and, and obviously, you know, Millie Bobby Brown's a really good young actress. Uh, and Brian Tyree Henry, same thing. So they're good actors. It's just that they have characters that are about as as three dimensional as <laughs> tissue paper, uh, and this is where we're at. And I think it's something I said kind of similarly about Justice League uh, when we reviewed that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in a movie like this, uh, people aren't there to you know watch the human characters so much, but. It's if you're gonna have a storyline that involves human characters, you need to try to do as much as you can to give them a some three dimensionality, which would be nice, and I don't know, 
make them integral to the movie in some way rather than just being like people that are trying to dive out of the way of being killed all the time uh, whatever oh my gosh yeah um, it's just like literally millie bobby brown's character served no purpose this entire i w- yes we will get to that movie we will get to that uh for sure <laughs> um, like you can't have them and not have a beat of consequence right um all right, so so we have that going on, and then and then we have uh, the Apex Corporation. Uh, Skarsgård's character uh, Nathan Lind, he's his brother died, and you know he's kind of this this guy that's been shunted away to the cellar of this building, this corporation, or whatever, with a book that apparently nobody's read. Well, apparently the president of uh, Apex has read it, or his flunky reddit whatever it, <laughs> whoever that is uh right hand man subordinate whatever and so you know they show up and like hey you know why don't you come help us and we'll you know we can actually find this this hollow earth you keep yammering on about and uh, you know they do of course um this completely theoretical thing turns out to be actually real um so we have that, and then you know Millie Bobby Brown's character. She's uh, older now. Um, her obviously, you know, her mother died in the last movie, and um, her father's still uh, working with the military. And uh, yeah, uh, talk about a lack of anything in this movie for Kyle Chandler. I mean, if there's one actor in this movie that had absolutely nothing to do more than any other. It's him. I mean, he literally had nothing to do. He was like in there for what three scenes in the entire movie, like yeah. telling his daughter to like not get in trouble, and then trying to call his daughter, and then realizing that his daughter is possibly in danger. That's about it. Oh, and there's the fourth and he scene. He miraculously yeah. finds her in the middle right. of Hong Kong. Right, um, oh, one of the God. most populated cities in the in the entire world. Um, <laughs> insane uh but hey you know whatever um oh that's that's uh, of all the faults of this movie that's probably the least of them uh frankly (laughs) but you know feel bad for kyle chandler because he has absolutely nothing to do i mean hey i guess he showed up probably he got a paycheck probably a nice one too probably a nice one well they Um, need some type of consistency the consistency i don't have a problem with i have a problem with being consistent for the sake of consistency Right. I mean, either bring these characters along, give them something to do, and make it worthwhile, by the way, or jettison the characters and introduce new ones and give them something compelling to do. Um, yeah. Now, they do introduce Nathan as a character, and they do introduce uh, Eileen, uh, Rebecca Hall's character. But these are right. all people that are, you know, we could... Wasn't Rebecca Hall, like, in the last movie, wasn't... Um, Oh, what's the actor from um, Inception? Uh, oh, yo, he served as like he was like the the conscience of the movie or something. Ken Watanabe, that's it. Oh, uh, yeah. He was like, okay, you know, this is you know, we're gonna this is the serious part here, folks, of the movie. This is the 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 gravitas or whatever, and and basically, I feel like her character really functions as that here. And I don't know. It, she tries. They try, but they don't really seem to do much with it. And it just it all if it 
if anything, it just feels like it's something we've seen before and it's, it's not done any better. In fact, I'd say it's actually done worse here. Um, so anyway, <laughs> they, um, they, the one thing about this movie that works for me is the little girl. That's it. I mean, no, no it's not it, but I mean that out of all the human stories, it works for me because it, it's connected directly to Kong. There's an emotional connection between the two. And frankly, I wish this movie would have jettisoned Billy Bobby Brown, Jillian Dennison, and uh, Brian Tyree Henry out of this movie and focused oh on my that God, little girl. Yes. If they'd have done that and focused on a journey with Kong and this girl to shallow earth or whatever, this movie would have just immediately jumped up like 20 points for me. Well, um, they could have done something with those three human characters. Could have. If, and I was ta- I talked a little bit with right here before this. This movie should have been two parts. This was okay. two separate movies crammed into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crammed into one short movie, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, one short movie, which, yeah, pacing-wise, it was action-packed and fun and entertaining. But story-wise... That I feel like with those three characters are like take the brunt of it. They literally served so much of no purpose that like you could have put literal mannequins there and they would have been just as fine. Yeah. Well, so so Godzilla attacks was well, at Pensacola, Florida, right? Shows up at like an apex. So it was the know, American facility, headquarters you know, right. for Apex. Shows up, completely decimates this place, um, and nobody knows why. So everyone's worried, you know, Godzilla was supposed to be our friend and it was supposed to be a protector, and all of a sudden he's attacking us. And what's going on? And of course, it turns out that Apex, uh, which, you know, builds itself, is this great, you know, humanitarian organization which is going to lift the world, blah, 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 all that garbage, uh, you know that you would expect a villainous corporation to say, uh, and in, then in reality, they don't care at all. Uh, you know, they are, you know, doing something nefarious uh, because Brian Henry uh, Tyree's character, uh, which I'm going to actually start calling him Bernie, uh, so I don't have to say the actor's name uh, constantly. Um, it's a mouthful. Uh, so Bernie sees in this attack, he sees... I think it's what it's like some some orb or some like cube or something. Something is glowing, basically. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he sees some technology which is definitely something he's never seen before. And he's got this podcast. He's a conspiracy theorist, uh, you know. And Millie's character, um, Madison, she listens to this podcast. She. Apparently doesn't really have a life. I, I don't she doesn't really do anything in this movie. Does she go to school? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I I does she have friends? Frankly, I guess the only friend that she has is uh Julian. Um, Julian uh, uh, Josh Valentine, her her friend who uh she apparently I guess barely tolerates, uh, I suppose. I don't know. It, yeah, it's it's just it's just it's weird. It's like they don't even have enough time in this movie to scat even sketch in a little bit of a life for this character 
She literally sits in her room. Don't worry, they made sure to make fun of Julian Dennison's character. Oh yeah, for ninety percent of his time on screen. Did he have anything to say in this movie of substance? No, at any not point? none of them really did. Like it's like, not. <laughs> it's not like these characters are funny. I mean, they try. They're not, but it's, yeah. they're not funny. And then on top of that, it's not like they are. So the, one of the problems is that they they're trying. I hate saying this because it really irritates me. In fact, the more I think about it, the more it irritates me. They're trying to stuff too much of Stranger Things into this movie. And not just because of Millie Bobby Brown, right? I understand she's there and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But now all of a sudden she's got to have a buddy and they got to have, you know, the case to finally have this this, uh, adult uh, guy who uh, joins with them apparently. But... It almost feels like it's a side quest where it's something out of Stranger Things where you get this this group that ends up saving the day, I guess. But it, they're not really successful in kind of implementing that into the movie because it doesn't really work here. Um, so anyway, they they, know, they meet up and it you know it just well it all goes to hell <laughs> for the characters. Um, but they don't really do anything. Uh, they end up getting yeah. themselves into more trouble constantly. Uh, they, and how about the way they save the day at the end by bumbling? They don't even actually, it doesn't actually do anything either. Yeah, right. It pauses him for a second, I think, right? Yeah. Right. right. So, so we have, you know, so their storyline basically just leads them to Hong Kong. They, they board this, um, this high speed vehicle or whatever which or it's not a vehicle it's like some it's like a pod pod yeah yeah. and it takes them and they they get out of there of course nobody ever catches them and of course by the way there are no (laughs) there are no cameras anywhere apparently security doesn't matter i I don't know they almost get killed in some you know arena thing where they're testing out um the the Mecha Godzilla where they almost die there and then they barely you know survive that and and then you, you know there would have been one thing of realism that would have made this all so much better because let's be honest they would not have survived that pod at that speed no no uh, not in yeah. any way shape or form the amount of speed that thing jacked up to they had nothing to strap into nothing to hold on to and. That they pod wasn't bush. meant for human habitants. That thing was yeah. meant to to send goods or whatever they were sending from one place to the next, right? I mean, it wasn't meant yeah. to be like, oh, people ride in this thing. Yeah. You know, so, which, like, if they would have actually killed these characters off right here and been like, oh, well, crap, that was an accident. I would applaud then- it. Yeah, that would have been, I mean, yeah. you know what, yeah, you know what, they served a purpose to prove that, you know, there is some... To prove there's some realism in this movie. fact-checked how this would have worked. <laughs> yeah, um, so anyway, so that leads them there, uh, and then when it comes to, to Skarsgård and, uh, uh, Hall's characters, you know, they, so you have Skar- Skarsgård with his, his, uh, Hollow Earth theory, uh, and then Hall, I guess they knew each other and they kind of reconnect and they have this little girl that in the, and the little girl ends up sign using sign language to communicate with Kong who then communicates back with her 
and then they 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 try to well first what they do is they um they try to get him across what the ocean by yeah. uh putting him on a, on a, on a ship and transporting him well you know Godzilla shows up and and I'll say it's the best fight scene in my opinion in the entire movie for me it's not the end scene you know, between the two. Yeah, that was actually really entertaining. The underwater yeah. fight between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah, because then it, when he's in the water, Godzilla is at a massive disadvantage, clearly. And that, that's one of the reasons why I like the fight so much. Um, this was actually a, re- a really entertaining scene. You know, once once he shows up and they, they start battling and fighting each other, it, it's really it's really good. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um. Somehow they survive, uh, even though Kong jumps from ship to ship, like jumping from log to log on a uh, on a stream. And somehow those, those <laughs> ships didn't break apart and kill everybody on board. But um, yeah, so you know they survive and they end up what airlifting Kong uh, to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To this, t- I guess, well, Kong's never seen snow before, uh, which, you know, that was <laughs> fun, I guess. And and so, like, <laughs> so one of the, here's the thing. One of the problems I have with the plot of this movie is that it would have been so much nicer if Kong would have, you know, if Kong would have been trying to get out of that dome area, but like, you know, you know, for the last few months, he's, he keeps trying to get out of here and we don't know why. And then it turns out he's trying to get out of there because he keeps feeling this pull towards something he knows he has to get to. And maybe it's this hollow earth, right? Like where he, you know, part of this journey could have been Kong is going somewhere. We don't know where he's going and we need to simply follow him because this is this is weird. You know, we need to find out what what's pulling him. Where is he going? Um, you know, if they didn't, if they didn't point him in the right direction and, and have the little girl say, hey, go there, that's where home is, he wouldn't have gone in there. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have mm-hmm. done it. So he was going to go back. He was going to go the opposite direction. Um, yeah. So, they, you know, they go into this hollow earth with, by the way, technology that, that doesn't exist. You know, the last two movies, you know, I feel like all the technology, well, actually, all the technologies that we've seen when it comes to Gareth Edwards' Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and obviously Kong Skull Island being a, a you know, being back in the 70s, obviously it's, it's a little different. But everything that we've seen in these movies so far, the technology either feels like it's, it exists already today or it probably is almost ready to exist. Yeah. The technology in this movie is insane. Um, you know, it's just like stuff that like, okay, maybe in 100 years... Maybe in hundred years. But you mean these anti anti gravitational collapsing <clears throat> hover vehicles that just magically came to being that only one company has access to? Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, that's a little weird, folks. Uh, Especially being either, even if it was originally a. Chinese company or a U.S. company, how in the hell is either government not immediately saying, make this crap for us? Yeah. 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 
No, it's definitely it's definitely technology, which is just way way far ahead of where this movie exists uh, in time oh, God, the present yeah. day. Um, so anyway, they they get they get there uh, fine. All right, um, they get to Hollow Earth, and it's interesting. And this part of the movie is, I'll be honest, um, how they got there, all that stuff is kind of like eh, whatever. But when they get to Hollow Earth, I will I will admit, I found it very interesting. Um, I wish a lot more of this movie would have taken place in this location. I think yeah. again, if they just stripped away some of the ridiculous aspects of the plot here and focused on Kong feeling a pull to get to somewhere, and that somewhere is Hollow Earth, and then we get to Hollow Earth, and you know maybe he and Kong or he and Godzilla fight here or something, <laughs> or you know I don't know, yeah. but I mean I feel like this well, would have been really cool. Well, that's why I was telling Breaker a little bit like they, with this being should have been split into two movies. Yeah, the first part should have been entirely focused on Kong. Getting to this place and him feeling this connection to this area and building up like how in the world who built this freaking Coliseum area <laughs> hall that looks better than 90% of man-made structures nowadays. <laughs> right. Um, like those pillars looked Yeah. The the door the doors the dwarves in Lord of the Rings were working yeah, over time. Right? Yeah. Over time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but like it would have been great and then have it end part one of the two end with like, I don't know, all of a sudden we see the beam punch through mm-hmm. and that's when it's like, okay, now here comes Godzilla as like the end thing. Of black. Like and it goes to black, right? Yeah. goes to black. And again, I think, if, you know, again, if this movie would have focused on and look, they could have found some action and stuff. Clearly they would have found a way, but if they yeah, would have focused on the war, they would have gotten there sooner. Right. Right. The warbats were a great yeah. titan yeah. to introduce mm-hmm. to. I, I thought they looked. I thought they were nastier than the skull crawlers by far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I agree. you know, I'm not saying they had to be the main baddie, but they you know, have... you could have taken a movie from King of, or a monster from King of the Monsters and had them on in the Hollow Earth too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you mean oh. the like thirty some odd titans that yeah, just were dead in the right. introduction of this movie yep. that we could yeah. have witnessed. Yeah, like that giant spider, because everyone hates spiders. That could have been, like, one of the main baddies that, you know, Kong Mm -hmm. has to defeat to get to, you know, to get to be this king of the hollow earth. And then, like you said, you know. Then, yeah, Godzilla punches through and he's not happy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, again, I think, you know, this movie had focused on on Kong and, and his relationship with the little girl. And their journey together, and then getting to, to you know Hollow Earth, and and you know find um, Hall and Scarzo's characters could have could have been there, whatever. But if that would have been the movie right there, that would have been I I think that would have been a really great movie, really yeah. like a really really great movie because enough time would have been dedicated towards you know fleshing out these characters and, and giving some meaningful like human interactions and growth see, and all of that. See, I think Skarsgård is a good actor. Yeah, no he doubt. is. He's a good actor. Yeah. But man, his, his portrayal of a nerd, it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't cut it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he actually would have been better off being the, uh, the billionaire, yeah. trillionaire, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, what's his? I can't remember his name right now. Shame uh, on me. CEO. Um, yeah, the CEO of Apex Walter or Simmons. whatever he is. Yeah. You know, yep. he would have been much better in that role. Mm-hmm. You know, just just think back to when he was on True Blood. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I think that would have been perfect. And then get a get an actual nerd mm-hmm. to play. You yeah. know, his nerdy character. You know, like yep. good look. Heck, you could even brought back the guy from uh, that HBO series. What's his name there? And he was in King of the Monsters. Uh, 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 you know who I mean. He was that show. He he's in Silicon Valley, and he's on all those commercials. Oh, those um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, He'd have been ideal. Like yeah. he could have been. You know, I've been studying this. You know, for a while. I brought it up back when I was with Sarazawa, and you know, mm-hmm. that whole crew. There's something to tie it to the older movie. Mm-hmm. The previous movie, and you know, mm-hmm. that just so many things, you know. Luckily, yeah. and I think we all probably will agree on it the fact that this movie was so fun, mm-hmm. so CG amazing. Yeah, like the, the, the graphics were just Phenomenal. out of this um, yeah. universe. Yeah. you mean yeah. Thomas Middleditch? Um, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. That's exactly who I mean. Like, this is the best CG for monsters I think I've ever seen. Oh, and that God, inclu- yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. and that includes Jurassic World, uh, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think Wada really said, Hey, ILM, you know, top this. Right. I really, I really believe that. I'm I not do. saying that because I'm yeah. a big Godzilla fan. I'm saying that because it was just flat out gorgeous. Yeah. I, I think, and I love the yeah. color palette. I thought mm-hmm. the color palette was awesome. Agreed. You know, especially when they're fighting in Hong Kong. I thought mm-hmm. that looked amazing. Yep. Um, a lot of the uh, cinematography, even though I'm sure a lot of it was done via computer you know what i mean the scenes were set up that way we're just just some of those views were just amazing also like i thought it was just a gorgeous gorgeous movie oh it was yeah i, mean, I think know, and it was fun right. to the hilt and just you know it was it i i really enjoy it i'll probably watch it you know before it gets off hbo max i'll probably watch it at least three more times mm-hmm. yeah. you know not counting the blu-ray i'll probably or the 4k i'll probably buy of it you know, so I, I love this movie. I right. really, really do. But it just it's one of those things that it has a ton of faults, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? it, it, it's it's uh, like a guilty pleasure. Movie. There you go. Yeah. Like, there you know, you it's got so many issues, but it's like but it's also one of those things. Like we mentioned, you're not watching it for the humans. I could care less how these humans interact. I want to see yeah. some freaking Godzilla Kong. And, and, I like, <laughs> and I like the way that they pretty much and i'm sure there'll be people that argue with me on this maybe even you two you know it was pretty apparent that godzilla's the more powerful of the two like it is what kind of without a question oh yeah 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 you know like he you know they tried to make it seem like it was close yeah right with the axe like yeah it's like here's the great equalizer getting the axe who can just he can just block you know godzilla's fire breath with it because he's that accurate with it his hand-eye coordination is so good, he can actually <laughs> deflect yeah. Godzilla's uh, fire breath that literally comes out at God knows how fast. You know, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was just like they just kept trying to make God or King Kong be a match, but you know, it's I'm really glad. hard to. Yeah, but I think gotta... I think Wingard did his best to make it plausible yeah. that you know Kong stood a chance. You know what yeah. I mean. I mean, when he had to already make him grow like three times yeah. the size he was in Kong Skull Island, like yeah. he like everyone like he knew he had an uphill battle with that because like there's just no way to 
no. make it that close without yeah. kind of getting out there a little bit. Yeah, he, he definitely yeah. crossed a couple lines there, but yeah. in the name of movie magic, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll admit, like, and I'll, uh, despite all the faults that this movie does, ha- does have, I definitely agree, though. I mean, I, I enjoyed myself. Um, oh. On the whole, you know, I know what this movie is, um, <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, I, I just, I think I get, I'm frustrated for what I think that we can all agree. We could have was yes. would have been a great movie. I'm not talking about a great monster movie. I'm just talking about a great movie. Um, yeah. Because you know people say, well, you know, it's a monster movie. Like, what do you expect? And I was like, well, no, no, no. Like, oh, hold on. Yes, I understand why people are coming here. I understand all of that, right? But there can be a legitimately great, great movie, just like horror movies, right? Like, okay, you could say, well, I just want to go to the theater and be scared fine all right you know if you just want to go and watch a horror movie fine there's going to be like a ton of horror movies come out every year but there are legitimately great movies that just happen to be horror movies you know alien is a great example right it's it's a great horror movie right i mean it just is um you know halloween a great it's a great horror movie um there's just a ton of great horror movies out there in regardless of genre. Um, it doesn't mean that you go, well, you know, Hey, it's just a monster movie. Therefore, whatever. It's just, I, I look at this and I think, man, there was just so much to work with here. There was like, there was a story that was very affecting. Um, maybe you can even argue, maybe even emotional on some level um, that could have been told um, and, and they just didn't do it, but whatever. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you guys, because I found this confounding. So when they go to Hollow Earth, which again I found extremely, you know, amazing. Um, I, I loved everything about that place. Except there was one thing that really bothered me. What's up with that axe? You know, like there's some like 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 radiation ring. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, there's this axe in the ground and then, you know, how many movies have you seen, like horror movies where like you slit the, uh, or was it Blade, the original Blade Raker at the end yeah. where they like slit the, like the throat and the blood goes through all the rivulets and creates the design and uh, comes together. Right. Yeah. And that's like what we have here, except it's radiation. So they like all the radiation kind of just flies through all these channels and then hits the axe and the axe glows and you know it picks picks it up and i'm like are we in an rpg now um Something. did he get some kind of super special power axe i, I, I it's yeah it, it apparently the, has a throne everything too. revolving around the axe was a was very just outlandish beyond it felt weird it felt out of place to me yeah. I mean, I can see battling, you know, Kong battling Godzilla or, or other monsters. I just don't understand how the axe would have ever existed. Well, you know? I think we all know the axe is just a, supposedly it's a Muto bone with a Godzilla spike on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So obviously that translates back to when. You know, there was that ancient war between the two mm. species and blah, blah, blah. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that does make a little bit So, more that's, sense. that's what, you know what I mean? So, 
There you yeah, go. It just that's the axe. <laughs> it just still is frustrating. Like the sheer level of like also like surprising intelligence they're bestowing upon Kong and his ancestors. Like yeah. like to have this insert for the axe, like uh, uh, what? Uh, right. How is how is the this creature that supposedly is just now? Well, not gonna say just now, but is like bare bones sign language supposed to be able to figure all of that out? Yeah. When I know humans that couldn't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Clearly, they took shortcuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I will say, I, I do like the fan. I like my own personal fan theory that on this trip, he had watched at least one of the Lethal Weapon movies. Ah, uh, yeah. Because the old shoulder. Yeah. Like, how would this. How would he also know how to do that? Like, literally, like the epitome of. <laughs> freaking Mel Gibson just popping his arm back into place yeah. <laughs> on the building, just like huh. he he yeah. was he was taught this in his youth by a uh, fellow a um. I remember, uh, there was no other ones <laughs> unless his dad and mom taught him before he <laughs> before they all they died yeah. somehow. They were they were yeah, like his father was colors. a medical doctor version of uh, giant ape. <laughs> He said, son, here, let me teach you. If you ever dislocate your shoulder, this is what you need to do. Uh, uh, his mother's name was Martha as well. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How many, Martha. many Martha jokes have I heard prior to this movie, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. The, yeah except for seen... they were they were injecting uh, Mothra instead of Martha <laughs> into it. I thought that was pretty... Yeah, you know, and I, I really do wish yeah. they would have brought in some, at least some references to some of the other monsters. Like the uh, one oh, thing yeah, that I'll really just Gadira, like yeah, yeah, like if you notice, and I'm sure maybe you did, and we can all watch it on HBO Max, of course. When he walks into that hall, right? If you look around, there's probably like 20 different doorways, 20 different like uh, entrances. You know, gi these giant like archways. My assumption is that's where, you know, other monsters come in, I guess. You know, wait, hold yeah. on. Are you telling me that there is a Titan version of the Justice League? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it's the I'm whole fearful of, of that. I'm fearful of that. But <laughs> when he first walked in and I saw like, you know, when he's looking around the hall and you could see all these different archways going around it, I can't think yeah. of what else it could be. Yeah. You it, know, it definitely made it out like. Yeah. Yeah, it just they definitely should have freaking separated the two and let him bite one of them or two of these other titans. Yeah. That they like referenced at, at the beginning like in the intro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I don't know what they're going to do there if anything. Uh, I don't know if that was just like a kind of a teaser for us or not, but who knows? You know, it's always crazy. They bring in these directors like, oh, he was a huge Godzilla or Kong fan when he was growing up and he sat around watching these movies, blah, blah, blah. But yet, it just seems like they just don't want to do some of these movies justice in some respects, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, you would think but, they would. I mean, well, what they do is they bring these these directors in, and these directors have no power. That's the new thing mm-hmm. that, that you do today. And look, I mean, Marvel does this all the time. Oh yeah, uh, you bring in nobody directors, like directors that maybe have talent. Obviously, you want them. In fact, they would actually do this. Yeah, but, um, but small name. Right. So when the Russo brothers were brought in, right, is great. Obviously, it was a fantastic decision. Uh, we know that now. But, mm, you know, yeah. they didn't have any power. If if Disney said jump, they said how high. And that's it. And, and that's what you do. You bring in directors that don't have a lot of sway. You know, they can't just, you know, say fire me or give you the middle finger, I guess, you know, like they don't have the cachet that another director might have. Like, Hey, look, you bring in Martin Scorsese to direct a movie and you say, Scorsese, you can't do that. Scorsese laughs in your face and walks away. You can't do that if you're a nobody director. And, you know, let's say Winogard is, is complete nobody. He's obviously directed other things, but he doesn't have the cachet. He can't just come in and say, you know what? Eh, Not really. I think, you know, we should do this or do that. And I'm not saying he did that. Just even if that was the case, I don't know that he could do anything about it. Even if he was a huge fan, I think he just would have said, okay, um, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is sad. You're right, Rake, though. It, it's, it's sad that it's sad when they don't seem to always do it justice when they yeah. really should know better. Yeah. Yeah, it's just sad. I don't know. It just it doesn't help. Like it's kind of part of the problem as well. It's just uh, the the suffers from it too. Uh, it's great that Marvel's done such a good job with building this huge con- interconnected cinematic universe, and it's just I think that's part of the problem is like all these other studios are trying to do similar things now because they see the money that Marvel's banking. Mm, yeah. and they want to do that too especially freaking Warner Brothers they are trying in every possible way and they are not succeeding because they're trying to force it mm-hmm. and it's part of the problem and I think honestly I wish I want them to just stop trying to do like even if it is a big named pro- like property don't m- try to make it tied into all these other things just make a freaking like that's one of the reasons why I think Joker actually did well. They didn't try to tie it into anything. It was a standalone, like everything from the director to all the people behind it was saying it's not tied in. Mm. Yeah, and I agree. I I, th- I just think that um, <clears throat> look, we, we talked about this with the Justice League. Okay, it's just no different. If you want to do this, it's fine. Just but do it right. Do it right. Take your time. Really map things out. Don't, because it feels like so much of the stuff that we see, and not not just this. Uh, obviously, it's no. other properties that have tried to do something similar. And often, what happens is they they do the first movie. It ends up being successful, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is they don't have a plan. So then, there's just a lot of, kind of, retroactively going in. You know kind of taking things yeah. from another movie, uh, the first movie, and finding ways to um, turn that into something for the sequel when clearly that might not be the best decision. And ultimately, you know, the the whole series ends up suffering for stuff like that, where 
when they sat down and they decided, okay, we're going to do the Avengers, then it was like, okay, then these are the things we need to hit. Uh, okay, each of these characters is going to get their own movie. Great. These are the plot points we need to hit. Great. Uh, this is how it's going to tie in to the overall MCU and the story that we're going to tell. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, it all it all worked, and they did it in phases, obviously, as we know. So it's just... Look, I'm not saying every Marvel movie is great, and I'm not saying that every one of these franchises needs to follow suit and do something similar. But if they want to do that, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just you have to execute at a insanely high degree. And, yeah. you know, I I like, I enjoy these movies for what they are. I agree. Like, Rick, you and I went and saw Kong Skull Island. I love Kong, mm-hmm. Kong Skull Island. I do. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. that. In fact, I'll be honest. Um, <clears throat> This might not be popular, but out of all these monster movies, I like Kong Skull Island the most. And no, no, it's not because Brie Larson. It's, it's not oh, because of Brie Larson. <laughs> it's, you know what? I knew that was going to come. I knew it's, it's not because of hey, her. Hey, man, they got a lot of Marvel actors in that movie. Yes, yes they did. Yeah, that's true. They, they do. I just, I, I, I like that movie. I, I just think that it's, honestly, I think the action isn't maybe quite as good, but I think the movie is better. As it's a, a better story. It's a better story. I think it yeah. works better. Um, I think King of the Monsters is pretty solid, but I think they missed out on some things there. I enjoyed it though. I think I remember us reviewing it, and I think we all. You know, we had our complaints, but I think we agreed it was it was good. Um, and then this one here too, it's kind of the same thing. It's a mixed bag. The action sequences are unbelievable. I think the best CGI I've ever seen in my life, personally. Yeah, um, pretty amazing. And I think that uh, you know the ending is great. Why don't we talk about the ending? Um, the ending primarily, not talking about the human characters that whatever, uh, except for the little girl. Um, which I liked the ending between Kong and Godzilla. I actually thought that that was a pretty solid ending. I mean, you didn't have either die, but on top of that, there was almost a, a grudging respect. I felt like between the two characters, you know, I don't think either of them had it in them to fight, (laughs) frankly, anymore. They've just been kicked around by a machine for a while. Um, I don't think either Godzilla or Kong was really up for another battle at that point. But I think even more than that, um, I think both recognized that the other's life, it was saved by, you know, the other. I think Kong saved Godzilla and Godzilla saved Kong uh, on each on several different occasions. And so I think the, the movie ended with like a grudging respect between the two, um, clearly, or Otherwise, they would have battled again. Um, so what, what did you think of the ending between the monsters themselves? Oh, ahead, Jake. Right, go for it. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I want to hear you, Jake. Uh, it, it was good for, I mean, it was the only way they could have gone without right. it seeming uh, biased, I guess. Like, they could have gone the obvious route and... Godzilla killed Kong. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of what they were kind of leading to before the Mecha Godzilla, which that would have honestly been like the only way outside of this that would have been satisfying. Any other way would have left everyone in arms. But even then, like, I think people would have still been upset if Kong died. So, like, it, it was just, it's the only way that everybody would have walked away, at least not upset <laughs> with how it ended. Because I just, a part of me kind of wishes I would have seen, like, an actual penultimate. Yeah, like, we saw, like, he got brought back by the. The miraculous technology oh. that sh- restarted his heart. Yeah. <laughs> but like, man, I, I don't know. Part of me, I wanted to see like a, a, more so of a clear cut. I, no cheap deus ex machina of mm-hmm. how they both survived. Like, because like at yeah. the end of the day, this the ending didn't feel like a Godzilla versus Kong anymore. It, it, this movie honestly it shouldn't have been titled that because the penultimate conflict was Godzilla Kong versus Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that kind of like I get they were trying to, you know, make the surprise of Mecha Godzilla, which they get let ruined by toys before this movie released. <laughs> but, but like, I just. One, the Mecha Godzilla should have been a separate movie. That's, I will scream that from the highest building. It should not have been brought into this movie. Uh, I just, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted a clear cut. I wanted to see them have the, the, the cojones to actually have it to be like, you know what? Yeah, no, Kong's dead. Godzilla killed him, or. Kong got a really good shot on Godzilla and now he's dead one way or the other. Like that would have been some courageous moment of story writing and directing. That would have been great. That would have been some risky, risky move taking on their part. And I would have been down for it mm-hmm. because they're trying to play it too safe. And that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of can't with these kind of movies, like monster movies, like we're watching them kill people like it's nothing, which somehow the uh, that reminds me, the apex in Florida that got destroyed. What was it like? Not even a dozen people got killed in that somehow. Yeah, it it was like some surprisingly small numbers of injured and deaths, Mm -hmm. which was inconceivable but like you have these superpowered beings like they're gonna and they're fighting to the death to be the penultimate king of the world Mm. take that risk (laughs) like do it do something that means you're willing to take this seriously i can see where you're coming from i really can um i i like the ending in this movie only because I felt like when they got to the end, I couldn't see, I mean, you're right. Take out Mechagodzilla. And I agree. There should have been a more definitive fight between the two. Yeah. This movie worked in the ending. I enjoyed only because they did fight Mechagodzilla and they didn't, 
you couldn't really ask them. I mean, they could have found a way to make it work, I suppose. But I think after that battle, there's no way that either of the characters would really have been up for another battle. And so to end it any differently, unless they just want to pull the rug out from under you and just, you know, after, right after they kill Godzilla, a beam of, you know, light, sh- you know, rips through Godzilla's chest and he dies. I mean, I guess they could have done that, uh, which would have been surprising. But I think if you're looking at a just a mono a mono battle between these two and, and one of them wins, regardless of who, yeah, fine. I think that in a more... Um, in a movie that was trying to be a little more audacious, um, push the envelope a little bit, um, really try to go after something, I think that you're right. That would have been a better ending. Yeah. I but just... I don't think that this movie, it was ca- they were capable of doing that in this movie given the storyline that they had. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, like, I want, like... Of the MonsterVerse movies, what aren't other than Kong Skull Island, the rest are all Godzilla. Like, there's four of them in this MonsterVerse right now, and all three of the four are Godzilla. Like, I would have been down and be like, you know what? Godzilla's had his time for this universe of things for the time being. Like, all right. And he. That bold action of getting rid of him, killing him off, it would have been like I, I don't think he would. T- like if I were looking at powers outright, he should not lose <laughs> to Kong ever. But like I, I, I don't know. I would have been down for that because then that would have forced that would have had told us like you know what? No, they're go- they're gonna do monsterverse stuff more, but it's not gonna be, be on the backs of Godzilla movies like. Because that's honestly the only thing that keeps this monster verse going right now, it seems. Even though I like, I agree with you guys. I think Kong Skull Island is better movie, not as action based, but I think story wise. But I don't know. I just I would have liked to see more definitive risk, risky move. Because that's how honestly, that's one of the things that made Marvel succeed. They took some freaking risks. What if uh, what if Godzilla would have killed Kong, and then you know after everyone's done crying, you you see some uh, middle Middle Earth cheese, <laughs> Hollow Earth Kongs kind of like rear themselves from like the caves or from the oh yeah that would have been great like you find out cool? like yeah, yeah like you find out like his death was actually like it spurned the like all yeah. these hidden away Kongs they're like yeah. Yeah, that'd have been pretty cool. They they could have done they could have done a lot. And you know, again, we're we're throwing these questions out there, but it's because I think we 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 enjoy this movie for the battles. Yeah. You know, the battles that exist which make up you know, I'm trying to think how many what, maybe forty five minutes of this movie are just battle. Nothing yeah. else. Uh but the following hour or so of this movie is not and it doesn't really hold up, uh, you know, to very much scrutiny. Um, yeah. You know, the human characters, whether it's the kids and, and the conspiracy theorist, who, like you said, you alluded to earlier, Raker, magically saved the day with pouring soda on the <laughs> computer. The, the, mo- uh, the, 
dumbest Deus Ex Machina. Isn't that ever. like? Isn't that like in the similar like level? Is um, Jeff Goldblum uploading a virus from an Apple computer laptop in uh, Independence Day to a alien? Uh, <laughs> yeah, system kind that- of spo- like uh, yeah, parroting or like mocking the. Uh, uh, what was it? That original Alien movie way back in the day that died, like they died from the cold or the flu. Oh, um, oh, oh, uh, so uh, War of the Worlds. They did a remake of it. War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds. Oh, like it's kind of yeah. spoofing on that. Like that at least, like you know, I get what they're doing. They're kind of being cheeky about it, but like, yeah, this one is just like, come on. <laughs> and it didn't even like actually impact. It was it was a glitch, like. <laughs> <laughs> it glitched him for like half a second and he just was enough back time for Kong to get his battle axe ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's <laughs> the thing. I, I think at the end of the day we realize is that all of those characters, the two kids and, and the the podcaster, their only purpose in that entire movie was to come to that moment. Which that you was, did not that need was, three of them for. That was basically it. And you know, like I said, and then Kyle Chandler gets to come in at the end and hug his daughter and be like, I'm a good dad. Oh, wait, never mind. I, I actually, I kind of suck. Um, mm. But considering he lost his daughter, like on the other side of the world. Yeah, not, not good parenting. Um, <laughs> so, Raker, let me ask you a question. If, if, you know, you clearly love this movie for the good qualities that it does possess. And those qualities, I think it does possess in spades. Um, What are the things about, I mean, outside of just, just the pure effects goodness of watching these two go at it. Like, what are the things you really like about this movie? I mean, did you like, was it hollow earth? I mean, was there some other things in particular that you really enjoyed? I kind of like the hollow earth thing. I think it's a nice, twist i mean if you followed the godzilla movies from you know the original till now there's all these different uh, eras of godzilla the i can't pronounce them the high and you know there's all these these different like storylines you know about godzilla and you know the fact that this is the monster versus which is the americanized version of you know godzilla king kong and all that i think i think the whole hollow earth is a cool twist you know, kind of explaining that, you know, there's a earth and under the earth and here's where these monsters can come from, habitate, wherever. Um, I like that part of it. I think that's a cool twist. I don't want to call it a twist. It's just a cool, you know, part of the movie. Um, and I think the fact that it's just a fun movie is one of the reasons why I really enjoy this movie. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's just so fun. You know, it, it's a great popcorn movie, and I think for people that you know have always had that, you know, it's always like, oh, who's tougher? Uh, you know, who would win in a battle, Superman or the Hulk, or you know, Batman or you know, Spider Man? You know how people always, you know, especially us nerds, uh, you know, always having these verbal battles. Um, I think I think even though you know, I I think it was pretty clear that Godzilla is still king of the monsters. I know financially and according to Toho, he has to be, you can't borrow the rights to Godzilla and make him lose. Um, but you know, I think even after watching this movie, 
the only time that Kong ever really got the upper hand was that, you know, after that one part where he blasted him into the, you know, when he did the old axe thing and it blew them both backwards and Godzilla was like laying in the middle of a building and then uh, Skarsgård says, oh, round two goes to Kong. Oh. I think if Skarsgård <laughs> never would have said that, I don't think anyone would have ever thought round two goes to Kong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they both got blown backwards and, you know, that was that. You know, it wasn't. It was. It was more of a draw than anything. And then, obviously, the two other times that they battled, it was blatant that you know, Godzilla was whooping oh, up yeah, on Godzilla him. Oh yeah, Godzilla destroyed him in the ocean, which he should have. You know, it's his strength. And then at the end there, when he had his foot on top of his chest and could have just eviscerated his face, his whole head, and he didn't. Was kind of like, hey, you know, it's like the, like the Ali versus uh, I can't remember who it was. You know, he's laying on the floor, laying on the ground with his glove up, you know, hollering at him. That's what it kind of reminded me of, saying, hey, listen, I'm the king. Because if you think of King of the Monsters, you know, he at the very end there, he's looking at all these monsters, like just basically saying, you know, he roars and looks at them all, and they all kind of like bow to him. I think that's what he wants Kong to do to him, also, you know. So I, I think there was kind of a clear-cut winner. I don't know if it's just because I'm biased towards Godzilla. Uh, but, you know, I, I like that part of the movie where, you know, it didn't show outside of, you know, King Kong being able to... It's almost like he could invent a flying machine next thing. Or I'm surprised he didn't jump inside of a submarine and, <laughs> you know, crash it into, into Godzilla, right? You know, with his mouth open or something. I don't know. Yeah, I will say one of the interactions that Kong had with the humans that I I was down for just because it kind of did make me chuckle because, of course, why wouldn't he do it? And this character deserved it when he freaking grabbed that one pod and just crushed it and exploded it. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, that was cool. That yeah. was really cool. I was like, yeah, yeah. Gonzalez is a better actress than what her role was. She didn't oh, play yeah, a very yeah. good spoiled girl, you know, spoiled daddy's girl role. I didn't like the fact that that's how they cast her, but she's yeah. not going to turn down that role, you know, no. in a blockbuster movie. Oh, no, yeah. definitely. No. But, but, but it I mean, was at least enjoyable watching yeah, that. Yeah, oh, it was super enjoyable. It was, it was perfect for the times. You know, we needed that. You know, it's almost like Tyson versus Holyfield, Superman versus Hulk. You know, we've needed something like that for a while now and it was nice to see you know legendary step up to the plate and provide us with yeah. godzilla versus Kong. but i think ultimately i think you know and i never thought about it but jake was spot on you know before the podcast he and i were talking and i think you know it could have been even better if this were two movies this one even could have been a kong movie you know in which they introduce godzilla towards the end or just show hints of him throughout the movie heading towards Kong in some fashion and then ending it with those two ready to battle it out, you know, and then that way you could provide more backstory about Apex and um, backstory about the hollow earth and, you know, show Kong and, you know, battling and it would have been fine. And then, you know, the next movie have those two kind of going at it and then they could even still battle Mechagodzilla at the very end, but at least you understand what Mechagodzilla was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now instead of just something that they pull out and he's controlled by Ren Sarazawa, who, you know, they didn't even explain his character at all. But that's uh, Sarazawa, the guy that sacrificed himself to save Godzilla from the last movie. Like they had, there was no 
there was not one point did he say I was, you know, Sarazawa's son, you know, and this is why I hate Godzilla and this is why I work for Apex. It was just he just happened to have the same last name as, you know, Sarazawa from the first two King Kong or Godzilla movies. Like (laughs) they didn't explain his character at all. And there was like the perfect character to, you know, work with a little bit. You know what I mean? And they didn't. And it's just like now I have been reading a couple things online that there's like this monstrous director's cut you know of course now that oh god snyder cut is introducing so many cuts yeah so i'm thinking you know they said that there's a like a four or five hour monster you know godzilla versus kong cut so i'd be curious to see if that a exists and b what it would look like but you know i don't know i can't imagine that they would cut out there'd be more battles that they cut out maybe there was um i don't know yeah, I don't I don't know either. Um but I I look I agree on on everything you're saying there. I, two movies would have made this really good if they'd done everything, you know, just right. Frankly, even if they didn't do everything just right, it still would have made it better. Just just giving more time to the story. Um you know, yeah. say what you will about the Snyder Cut, and we talked about it at length, and there are definitely problems with it, as we talked about. But, and yes, it's it's kind of a standalone special case in a lot of ways. You know, like we said, nobody's going to be releasing a four-hour movie in theaters, right? So this, <laughs> in its in its form, on on HBO Max, that was the only way that that was ever going to get shown to people and you know so say what you will about this the center cut with any you know negatives and we did talk about it but if there's one good thing about that cut if you can only pick one good thing it's that from a story standpoint everything was a lot more coherent and yeah if there's some giant you know director's cut of this movie you know that's three hours long is it going to be better Maybe, and if it is, it, it it would be even more proof, as you've been saying, that two hours or two movies was needed for this. Yeah, clearly. Um, I think I think movie one should have been a movie about discovery. Um, discovery for Kong, about Hollow Earth, um, maybe about who he is, or you know expanding on the relationship with the little girl. And I think had they been able to tie that in with some pretty potent themes. Well, they could even have alluded to the original fight between their, both of their ancestors. Sure. Cause like they even showed that huge freaking skull of the previous Godzilla. Yeah. Like they it could have huge. done yeah, it's like, like they could have like done could have swallowed Kong from the waist up. Yeah, like they could have done like some backstory into why they are at odds so much more than just like, oh, there can only be one alpha, which is clearly not the case because they right. both survived. There can only be one <laughs> alpha of their species, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I think ultimately what I think we're coming down to at the end of this is that um, the battles were great. Oh, yep. yeah. But oh, yeah. they could have done so much more when it came to the storyline 
Yeah. And I think the human storyline, and with a few exceptions, I think that, well, maybe with one exception, they, they did a pretty poor job uh, across the board. Um, yeah. You know, and like yeah. I said, people talk about these movies and they just kind of dismiss the human characters because it's easy to do that. Um, yeah, but, but in Kong Skull Island, I think they pulled off the humanity, you know, did. the human characters yeah. quite well. You know, you left that with, you know, like the whole, uh, what's his name there? Guy that was stuck on the island there. I can't remember exactly. Oh, name. Um, 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 yeah. The, uh, <laughs> what's the actor? Uh, John C. Riley. Yeah. John yeah. C. Riley. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you actually ended up caring about his character. Matter of fact, that's how the movie ended. Yeah. You know, and then of course you cared about Sam Jackson's character and you know, there's that whole group of guys, you know, that was, that was well done in terms of, you know, using those guys. Well, because they, they, the, they took the time to set them up and they gave them legitimate yeah. time in the movie to really expand as characters mm-hmm. and display both positive and negative qualities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to do that. If you can't afford that time, then you have a script problem. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, you can get into other aspects of the movie and whether it comes to editing and all that stuff that can help. But um, at the end of the day, if you aren't giving your characters enough time to grow um, in any substantive way, then that, that means that you needed to go back and have a few more passes on that script before you started filming. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like I think what, what we're coming down to is that it's a great movie to watch, and that it's mm-hmm. it's fun. You can kick back, um, you can enjoy yourself, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's got some serious flaws. But if what you're going for is just having a good time and enjoying yourself, and the other stuff doesn't really matter, then you know what you're really gonna have fun and. You just, you know, kick back, turn your brain off, and just watch a, you know, rock 'em, sock 'em, rock 'em, <laughs> sock 'em, uh, battle. Yeah. So. True. True. All right, everyone. Uh, so again, if you are, you know, coming back to the podcast, if you've been away for a while, because uh, obviously we were, um, uh, we don't grade anymore. Uh, I, I eliminated that. Uh, it just wasn't really working. I think you don't need, you know, listening to us talk, I think you can get a gist of, you know, where we would be probably if we did grade this movie, uh, on a scale of one to 10 or scale of one to a hundred. Um, you probably have a fairly good idea where each of us would probably, you know, grade on on that scale, but it's just, you know, we, I basically came down to, uh, all this on just, the idea that our words and our criticisms as we review our movies that we do here, that's good enough. Uh, you know, I don't think that we need to attach a, a letter grade or a number grade to any of it. So um, yeah. that just allows us to really sit and talk about the movies and not have to, you know, spend so much time talking about grading aspects of the movie or, you know, defending, uh, you know, our grades. Um, sometimes they don't make sense and if you go back in the past there are times where the grade doesn't really work too well i think um but anyway um you know i like i said i enjoyed my myself so 
uh, I'll give my final thoughts on this. Uh, I I had fun. Um, I will probably watch this again, actually, uh, before it leaves HBO Max. Uh, the movie's CGI is just unbelievable. And uh, the little girl in Kong really, that was the heart of the movie for me. Uh, I wish that I could have seen a lot more of it. And, uh, you know, had they done something like that, I, I think that this movie, the heart in this movie would have been very strong. Um, they could have done better with the, the the plot and some of the dialogue from these characters is just, I winced visibly. Um, but, but, yeah. but apart, you know, apart from the issues with the plot and uh, some, you know, thin characters, I still had a good time, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, uh, I think I battled between accepting this movie for what it is and wanting it to be more, and that's not coming from some kind of pretentious, you know, uh, viewpoint, right? I'm not like, oh, this needs to be high art; it needs to be, you know, best picture <laughs> quality. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm talking about that. I just think that you know, a great movie can be great all around regardless of the genre, uh, whether it's horror, fantasy, sci-fi, whatever. Um, so it does, it does have some negative qualities. Uh, it's definitely lacking in certain areas. But where it's strong, it's very strong. And uh, yeah, so I, I had a good time. Uh, Jacob, uh, why don't you go next and give us your final thoughts? Oh, yeah, no, uh it just it was great visual effects and a lot of fun watching these two duke it out. <clears throat> yeah, and, and those areas that excelled and did better than I ever would have thought they would have. But just like like you mentioned, it's the human characters where it falls flat, and <clears throat> I don't think anyone is surprised by that. But it still is a pretty big downfall when you had to rely on them for a good bit of the story and it makes it really shows how far the that falls flat with some of these characters yep uh and raker you know this is really you know your movie in a lot of ways it's the one you've been looking forward to the most i think this year (laughs) um yeah so give us give us the final word for you as a lifelong Godzilla fan, um, I, I enjoyed it. Like you know, it's you know it fits its genre of Godzilla movies eras, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you know now, like I said, uh, Legendary has you know co-rights to Godzilla, Godzilla, and of course it's not King Kong, it's Kong. So it's their interpretation of Kong now too. And it's fun to see where they're taking these monsters, you know. Um, overall, I mean, this I, I recommend this movie. It's a great movie to get out of the, you know, the COVID time of movies where we're actually starting to be allowed to go into theaters. So I think it's like one of the most, you know, it's, it's perfect for that. You know, you're going to the movies because you want to have a good time. You want to sit there and, you know, watch you know, just have fun with it. You know, it's a popcorn movie, no doubt. 
And I still think they keep true enough to their fans, you know, to their fan base. You know, all the people that, you know, are big Kong fans, you know, they, you know, of course they might think they have a reason to, you know, that Kong did you know, well and, you know, they still like him. And, of course, all the Godzilla fans, it was good to, you know, it almost reminds me of like a boxing match that, you know, you, you like both fighters or you have two camps that, you know, and even at the end, even if your guy lost, you're still like, oh, that's all right. You know what I mean? He'll he'll be back. He'll fight him next time. Or, you know, I can't wait to see him fight so and so, you know. Um, and I, I just think it was good for the, you know, for the movie industry. I was just reading an article about how, you know, this might reignite the box office again, you know, getting people back into theaters with a movie like this. So, you know, but you do have to, as a lifelong Godzilla monster movie fan, you know, I'm obviously I've watched about, you know, I've watched a ton of monster movies, um, you know, tons of faults, obviously, you know, the characters are paper thin, as Michael said. Um, you know, and as Jake said, it could have easily been a better movie if it was cut in half. You know, there's a, there's a lot of criticisms of this movie that, you know, do irk me. But overall, you know, it, it was fun to see Godzilla, you know, battle and the CG was amazing and it was just so fun. So those are my overall thoughts. Nice. All right. Uh, well, everybody, thanks for for listening. Um so if you want to, you know, uh, contact us and, you know, let us know what you think, um, you can send your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com and uh, yeah, give your own feedback. Uh, you know, if you give feedback, if you send it in, we'll read it on the next episode before we, you know, start out with reviewing what the next movie is going to be, which actually next week is going to be a, uh, a review of WandaVision. So we're going to sit down and... Uh, kind of cover that whole series in one episode, uh, well, season one at least. Obviously, it's only one season so far. Uh, yeah. So we're going to get to that, and that's going to be exciting. I think everybody can agree that's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you do send in feedback about uh, any of the movies, frankly, that uh, we've done in the past, uh, I'll certainly you know, read them before we get started on uh, reviewing the next one. Um, and so yeah, uh, thanks for listening to us ramble on about uh, Kong or Godzilla versus Kong, and uh, we'll see you next week when we review WandaVision. Till then, uh, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com/freakinggeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanich. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.
Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.